Matthew. I'm Carlos. I'm Alex. And this is Heroes 3 Gaiden. to another episode of Here's 3 Gaiden, our little side ventures into the world of anime with different guests. And we are joined again this week by Alex Hawking of the, uh, the <laughs> Swim Fans is the name of your podcast. I'm it sorry. Is. I'm going to... Go listen um, to Swim Fans. It's good. Uh, uh, I'm going to make him an offer that he can't refuse. <laughs> hey, wait a second. You, we're supposed to fight each other now, right? I, I just realized oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's right. The last time Swim fans <laughs> talked about which of the year's three win a fight. What? Okay, Marty's not here, but we do have to follow yeah. that up real quick before okay. we start this podcast. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Let me let uh, me tell you. Carlos, did you yeah, create okay. a tier he, list okay. that has yourself in it? No. But, but well, I, <laughs> what I will say. Have special abilities? <laughs> yeah, I should have made a move list for each of us. <laughs> but um, I, I tweeted about it. But I do feel like if we ever did have to fight, it would be like some <laughs> like overly dramatic Fists of the North Star situation. Yeah. Where yeah. we're equally as hot blooded about things, but also full of sorrow at the same time. It's, <laughs> it's straight up Gal Gygar versus Gal Figar. There's yeah, no, uh, dude, not, yes. a, not a, um, a degree of hot bloodedness under that. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. And yeah, if if you listen to us and you haven't heard that episode, go listen to the last uh episode of Swim Fans. Uh, uh it is the never back down episode. Which I feel yeah. is resonant with That's that is yeah, that's Heroes, Heroes 3 adjacent. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. also a good episode of our show as well. It's so. it's great. Yeah, it's fun. And they deliver My favorite <laughs> my favorite memory I've heard of Never Back Down was Someone on uh, uh, another podcast was talking about Never Back Down, and they saw one of the sequels, and it's called Never Back Down to the Beat Down. Yep, but yep. they they read it as Never Back Down the Back Down, <laughs> and I thought <laughs> that was the funniest thing in the world. Awesome. It's uh, it's like it's like Jungle to Jungle, Never Back Down to the Beat Down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a, that's yeah, a reference for, to all the uh, uh, jungle to jungle, jungle heads, to jungle heads. Out there. Yeah, yikes! Those real Allen heads. <laughs> we call them tools. So, <laughs> so this week, friends of Benford. We're, we're taking sorry, sorry. a look. This week, we're taking a look at Tokyo Godfather from 2003, and this is the first actual proper Christmas movie we've had on the podcast, I believe. Unless I'm forgetting something. But. Ooh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Because um, obviously, Christ, uh, Christmas is a very Christian Western holiday for the most part. So, Sony Chiba Street Fighters on a Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely red in it. I don't know if there's green in it. <laughs> um, yeah, Christmas through you know the other hemisphere's lens. I I've, mm-hmm. feel like when I think of Christmas in Japan, 
Actually, one of the things I think of is KFC. Do you guys? I was about to say <laughs> KFC. Yeah. So there's the Kentucky Christmas kind of mm-hmm. thing, but it's that's, like that's mostly what I know about Japanese Christmas as well as KFC. Yeah, and like annual gift man on The Simpsons, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but it's a it's. I guess those are jokes, but it represents it well because it's more of like a commercial. I mean, it's very commercial here, but Mm, I don't think that there's much in the way of spirituality with uh, Christmas in Japan. And actually, it's... I've read that it's similar to Valentine's Day in a lot of ways, and it's like a romantic kind of holiday where like yeah. a lot of couples will, will do things. They'll get like together and, and feed each other KFC or something. I don't know. Of course. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, th- I guess that's an interesting way to segue into this film because uh, I think this is kind of one of the most spiritual... Uh, <laughs> anime that I've ever seen, and actually, the yeah. way they handle that is is really cool too, because it's not like a throwing religion in your face or anything, mm-hmm. but it's kind of covering like how maybe there's some other power that's guiding you to do a certain thing, or there's some kind of protective force that at the same time will bring people together. So I I think it's a really um, uh, Tokyo Godfathers is a really kind of like perfect thing to watch around this time if you're into anime, I think. Mm-hmm. And I showed it to my, uh, she doesn't dislike anime, but she's definitely not into anime. But I showed it to my wife, who is very into Christmas movies. Oh, nice. Um, and, and she enjoyed it, which I was very pleasantly surprised. She thought oh, that's it was very great. Funny. Um, it's, it's a lot it's got more a lot violent of... than a lot of other Christmas movies. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> but it's got a there's lot a of few heart. things where there's a few things where she's like, "What's going on there?" And I was like, "It's an anime. You kind of just got to look past some of that." <laughs> right. I. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I'm too deep. I don't see a lot of that. But um, mm-hmm. I do think the other thing that I really enjoy. I mean, obviously, we've talked about Satoshi Kon before. And this is following Millennium Actress. This came out in 2003. And uh, I remember seeing it way back because I was trying to think about this. I remember seeing it and I feel like it got some kind of release pretty early on. Like, I mean, probably right around. Well, this is this is after the anime boom. But um, one thing that I know that we're probably going to talk about is that when it was originally released, over here in the states it was just japanese there was no dub in an era where that wasn't as commonplace i feel there was always some dubs Mm -hmm. and it was more recently um remastered and uh g kids released uh it they've been really good about releasing great films uh great anime Mm -hmm. films and they uh, went ahead and dubbed tokyo godfathers but uh, what i did learn looking into it was that uh, Sony wanted to release this in the States, trying to get it an Academy Award, and it, it didn't end up happening, mm-hmm. but that gave us the release as quickly as it as it uh, was released over here. So that's pretty cool. Gotcha. Oh, cool. Because I do remember whenever I was, I was in middle school, whenever this came out. So like, I remember, I wa- and I was watching a ton of like Cartoon Network and Toonami and, and Adult Swim and stuff like that. So I remember seeing it advertised. And I think actually it's probably the first Satoshi Ko movie I ever heard of because oh. I saw it advertised probably on Adult Swim. And it's like, oh yeah, it's a it's an anime movie and it's about homeless people and stuff. I was like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah, no robots. And then, and, and no then proceeded and then proceeded arts. to not watch it for almost twenty years. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I 
I can see that too because it's not all of the typical stuff you'd think mm-hmm. from an anime. But also, yeah, Satoshi Kon, such a genius at handling character development and mm-hmm. handling a narrative. And although he doesn't do his usual jumping all over the place with this film, I feel like he kept himself entertained by linking different themes throughout the movie. It's almost like a it's almost like a puzzle. Like when you're seeing these clues get dropped throughout the movie, you're like, oh, that's there because of that, or this character's name because of that. And uh, I think you are rewarded rewatching the film because you notice those details yeah. even more. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. Because I watched it, I watched it dubbed the first time, and then I watched the G Kids dub. And the G Kids dub's really good, actually. Mm. One of the coolest things about it is that it the dub literally came out in March of this year, so yeah. it's very oh recent. wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know. I was shocked by that. Um, yeah. And uh, Hana is voiced by Shakita Nafak. Her Nafak? I don't know how you say it. Um, but she's a trans woman. So it actually mm. is really good casting for this. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's really cool. And um, she's fascinating. Like, I looked up a bunch of stuff about her. And she's been like a lot of stuff recently, does a lot of like outreach and, you know, supporting trans community and stuff like that. So she's cool. But she's she's really she's really funny in this too. She does a really good job. Mm. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, and I feel like historically, um, anime hasn't really handled these <laughs> subjects very well. So. Yeah, I was a little worried. <laughs> I was a little worried whenever I first saw her pop up. But I I do feel like this movie also does a really great job about handling serious subject matter in like the lightest way possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have like subjects like death and subjects like. Uh, you know, uh, transphobia and these things, and they show up in the movie, but at the same time, um, you're kind of, I don't know, there's like this warm energy to it all. So even though, like, I, I, I'm watching the old DVD that I had, and like some of it's like, oh, I don't, I, I, that's not something I don't think they would uh, like localize that way <laughs> yeah, nowadays. Maybe, maybe we could translate <laughs> this as something else, guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, uh, what's cool to me is that like Hana is is like the the heart and she's like the leader of this film, mm-hmm. which is really yeah. cool. And and the subject of kind of like how these uh, three come together and they're they're a family. They're not a family, but they're a family, and it's about their growth together and actually each character's individual growth and how they grow. Uh, by the end of the film, is just it's just beautiful i I really do enjoy it Mm -hmm. yeah i think they they do a really good job of humanizing her in um in ways that i feel like that is usually denied to trans characters in um every medium for the most part (laughs) yeah yeah there haven't been uh, i i you know you do see it it's like getting better but definitely it's definitely still a ways to go before there's Mm -hmm. like as as good of trans representation as there has been for gay representation in in recent years. Yeah. So there's there, there's part there's there's parts of the movie where I'm like, "Oh, oh no." Yeah. Um but then there's also a lot of it where it's like, um I think their intentions were good. Yeah. Right. You yeah, know? Again, this is still 2003 and in Japan, so, you know, you got to take what you can get in some ways. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but I mean, yeah. Uh, when's the last time you guys heard Spanish in an anime? 
I know. I was whenever that happened, I was like, "Oh, cool!" And and it's great because half the joke is that the the characters have no idea what she's saying. But I'm like, oh, I kind of know some. Of, I like I'm picking up a little bit of what she's saying, which is which is cool. Nice. I have uh, just recently I went through and watched the Tokusatsu show called uh, Kaku Ranger. I mentioned it a little bit, I think. And um, one of the characters on that show, um, like the Black Ranger equivalent. Um, he's like an American, he's Japanese, but he's from America. So he's like American ninja. So when he shows up to meet the group, all he's doing is talking in English and nobody can understand what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of that same energy <laughs> going on in this movie. Uh, I also wanted to mention the music. So the music's pretty quirky in this movie and, um, it's actually composed by Keiichi Suzuki. So let me ask you guys this. Is that a name that you recognize? Does it uh, ring any bells? Yes, it does. Why does it Ow. ring a bell? Okay, so uh, Keiichi Suzuki actually worked on the Mother series. I knew <laughs> oh, it. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool, cool, so cool. Um, he was uh, pretty well known as a musician outside of video games. So um, he worked with Satoshi Kon for this film, but he also worked with Shigesato Itoi to do Mother and uh, Mother 2 with Hirokazu Tanaka, Hip Tanaka. So Keiichi Suzuki's uh, got the, you know, that Earthbound vibe. You can kind of hear it sometimes mm. in this yeah, movie, too. Yeah, that weird kind of quirky. Yep. There's, like, some reggae. Things. There's some, like, eclectic kind of melodies. And, like, yeah, I, I think that's that's really fun. And talking about music, a cool thing that I found out in doing the research is uh, Beethoven's Ninth, the Ode to Joy, features mm -hmm. pretty prominently throughout the movie. And I didn't realize that apparently it's actually, that's a pretty big Christmas song in Japan. And oh, it kind of nice. goes back to, uh, goes back to actually German POWs in World War One because they that was like a song that they would sing around Christmas time. And the Japanese really liked it, so they mm. kind of adapted it, and it became a big thing. Oh, it's a interesting! Banger. It is yeah. banger, and and it connects to another Christmassy adjacent movie, Die Hard. Yeah, which yeah, yeah, yeah. which I was thinking, I wonder if the reason they're playing it is because it's like a Japanese corporation in <laughs> Die Hard during <laughs> well, a Christmas party. Interesting. Uh, you might be giving John McTiernan a little too much credit I know, there. I know. But it's just it's just a cool, I don't know, it's just a cool connection <laughs> that I, I, was, I was making in my head. In the, I, hope uh, I hope you're right. It's more interesting yeah. if you're right. <laughs> in the making of Featurette, they do talk to Keiichi Suzuki a little bit, and he seemed like he was intimidating by having to use that in the movie. And actually, when he was doing his research... He said that he was most influenced by Wendy Carlos' rendition of it in mm. A Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool as well. Another uh, big one that I'm sure you have more information on her than I do, but uh, another person that worked on this was it was written by Keiko uh, Nobumoto. And she is one of the, the main writer for Cowboy Bebop and created Wolf's Reign. Whoa. Whoa. Um, which is which is pretty crazy. <laughs> like that's a it's a very big, especially in the early oddies. That's a huge, a huge yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a big deal for Amer uh, American anime fans. Yeah, yeah. 
it's still man it's it's almost have like it has like this resurgence lately <laughs> it's like <laughs> everybody keeps bringing it up or everybody keeps making memes from the opening song <laughs> yeah like, i don't know what happened but it seems to be popping up a lot lately for uh cowboy bebop yeah, yeah i mean I that's been a tradition would... going back since the year of the man now dog days but oh, oh nice. yeah i <laughs> i it's so sad that i can't share cosby bebop with yeah dude again, i wanted but... to i i was i was hesitant <laughs> to bring up cosby bebop what it's, is that pokey pokey, pokey man, Pokemon. Man. it's it uses all the clips from like the simpsons yeah from all the people uh, who are just uh making fun of uh, of that hideous man yeah, not actually him, but it's it is funny. It's obviously it's a hard thing to it's loaded now. recommend it's, it's, it's to tainted. people now, but yeah. <laughs> nice. But uh, um, um, I was already a I I was a big fan of Yoko Kano before Cowboy Bebop came. I'm not trying to be hipster about this, but I, <laughs> what this there's an end to this story. And uh, <laughs> uh, I really liked Escaflone, and I. Uh, Yoko Kano did all the music for that and then Escaflone it's like orchestral it's like fantasy so um, I had heard about Cowboy Bebop and I was getting excited about it and there's this Japanese hobby store that I always go to and uh, the guy there's like yeah the new uh, Yoko Kano CD is out it's for Cowboy Bebop and I was like oh man so I bought it not even knowing what Cowboy Bebop was and I started listening to it and I'm like (laughs) This is an orchestral music. Yeah, <laughs> what is this jazz crap? <laughs> but I did end I, up liking I, I, it. <laughs> just imagining a young Carlos uh, hearing Tank for the first time and going, "Fuck this! This sucks!" <laughs> it's like, what the hell is this? What um, is this shit? I hate uh, this. Around that same time was, um, I bought the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack before the game came out because. Same reason. I love the Final <laughs> Fantasy games, right? And for for me, I was like, this is like a PlayStation version. It's a CD-based game. So the soundtrack's going to be like full orchestra. Like, oh, man, I'm so excited. <laughs> and then when I put it in, it was all this MIDI-sounding stuff. And I was <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> I felt gypped. I actually yeah. felt like I wasted my money. <laughs> <laughs> what am I? Who, who's ever gonna want to listen to the Final Fantasy VII yeah. soundtrack? Yep, <laughs> I, I love imagining '90s bad take Carlos. He's yeah. in his Jigo jeans, holding the CD like one wing angel, more like one wing asshole, and then whips <laughs> it across the um, the room. Angry video game nerd style. <laughs> There are two things that are never going to age well. One of them is Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> and the other one's Cowboy Bebop. Yep. Uh, if I can make a quick Gal Gygar, that's going to last forever. Yeah, that's mean. Damn it. I'm sorry, that's mean. <laughs> Thank you for taking it back to anime, though. At least we can get uh, back on track. One more note about uh, Yoko Kano. Um, she did the music <laughs> for- has nothing uh, to do with this movie. Nope, absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Did, did not one note of music for this movie, as far <laughs> as I know. Um, did the She did work on the soundtrack to another Japanese Christmas movie that I love called The World of Kaneko. Um, oh, watch nice. it with your family. <laughs> all right don't don't watch it with your family <laughs> yeah it was really it was cool uh my my wife's main notes were that baby's ugly because <laughs> <Aww. laughs> 
Because they, because yep. that's like the whole plot of the movie is they find this baby abandoned mm-hmm. uh, in in a bunch of trash and are trying to find its parents. And <laughs> the first thing, whenever they like hear this baby crying and cover it, my wife's like, "Why is that baby so ugly?" <laughs> <laughs> From Joanna, just noticed how much the baby was crying throughout the whole movie. She's yes, like, yeah, we that's... got a, we got another uh, anime movie with a lot of people crying in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, makes me think of uh, Yoshi's Island. Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. Super Mario World too. Yep. Because yep. because I tried show. That's another thing I tried to show Callie was like, oh yeah, this game's awesome. It has like amazing music and stuff. And she's like, why is a baby crying the whole time? <laughs> yeah. Um, visually, I wanted to talk a little bit about this movie because um we haven't talked about perfect blue right but uh, swim fans has Mm -hmm. and um one of the things i uh remember mentioning to somebody about this was that originally when perfect blue came out i i had thought well why is this animation why isn't this just a real movie but as i grew i understood oh wow there's no way that this could have actually worked as a movie in the way that it did in this uh animation as a medium and similarly one's close but yeah but i mean it's standing on the shoulders of perfect blue um but with tokyo godfathers i feel like anybody that's interested in animation and wants to do like any studying on character acting in animation Mm. uh this is like the top of the mountain Yeah. yeah the the way that these characters emote and the way that they're just moving constantly in their own ways is just it's so perfect like you you know you've seen like in when they show disney animators using people like to act as reference and stuff like that mm-hmm. i um i don't think that's as successful as what they accomplish in this film because they do these exaggerations that you really couldn't do but it just looks so human and so real at the same time in this movie hana is the perfect example to me yeah. Um, yes anytime hana is getting fired up anytime she's running or anything it's just so entertaining every frame of animation is so good and you still have that volume and that uh attention to detail in every frame is is really enjoyable to watch so don't i i wouldn't write this movie off because there isn't like any like laser beams or you know martial (laughs) arts there's like one roundhouse kick in this movie. <laughs> Young Carlos throwing his DVD of Tokyo yeah. Godfather. Why is this even animated? <laughs> yeah, right. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, like, I, I do. Like, I, I've, I've been there before, but I, I've never liked the why is this animated? Because, like, why is it? It's animated because the person that made it wanted to animate. It. Right. <laughs> like, that's that's enough that's what reason. it comes down to. Um. Yeah. Uh, uh, I also I think that this movie just just would not be nearly as as compelling and like attention grabbing if it was live action as well. Yeah, because um, like they are more realistically portioned proportioned mm-hmm. than a lot of anime characters are, but like they are exaggerated. Like Hana's oh, it massive. Would, it like, would Hana's play like an Adam Sandler and... movie if it was live yeah. action. Um, exactly. It, it would. It just wouldn't work. You wouldn't have the same movie. Mm. And um, the the Yakuza boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. this gigantic, like ox king sized man. <laughs> 
And um, yeah, the absurd moments like that, like when they first encounter him under the car. Yeah, under the car, yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> it's uh, really good. Did either of you read about the source material for this movie? I read um, a little bit, but not too much. I guess it was originally a Western. Yeah, so there's um, a John Ford film yeah, yeah. from like the late 40s, I think. It mm-hmm. actually stars John Wayne called Three Godfathers, and I think that it's kind of like a... I'm very very loose. Oh, I imagine adaptation. they have very very little in common, yeah. but I still think that it, it's interesting that it has this sort of legacy because that was like one of like five other western adaptations of this novel, so I guess I kind of assume that the novel was a western. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. Nice. I I couldn't really pin that down, but um because it's like a book from like 80 years ago or something. Probably wait, mm. even maybe like like 90 years ago yeah <laughs> um but it's like i don't know it's cool to see this like radically different approach to a source material i i think something about that gives it a bit of like a i don't know there's something kind of richer about it and, and and i think the um western ones are supposed to lean way more heavy into the idea that the three uh godfathers are the three wise men as well yeah, that's really interesting too when you start to kind of look at those kind of religious analogs. Mm-hmm. Um I think even when they first encounter Kyoko the the baby, it it's like a garbage heap, but it the way that the shots framed it you could almost see it like the nativity. Totally. Like, 100%. Yeah, like fishing through and they find her. And even uh so Kyoko, the the name of the child uh kyoko means pure child it's like you know er- everything that's in the movie that has a name or is intentional you know angel shows up multiple times so the cat miyuki's cat is named angel there's the angel's tower which is the the like the transgender like the drag queen mm. uh, bar um what else was angel oh at the beginning when miyuki's spitting down at people like the first scene when you it, it, meet miyuki she's spitting down towards the street and there's a billboard that she's behind and it says angel's tears in japanese on the billboard (laughs) that's pretty funny to think about that's really good (laughs) yeah there's a lot of stuff like that in the movie now um 1225 you know the date of christmas shows up over and over and over Mm. so the apartment key that they find is 1225 the locker key oh you're right the taxi cab, the number of the taxi cab is 1225. Um, I feel like an damn. idiot for missing that. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying about the movie. I don't I, I don't think that means you're dumb. I just think that Satoshi Kon put all these things in, you mm-hmm. know, just to have all these layers for you. So if you go and watch the movie again, you'll notice these things. And thematically, too, how um, uh, Gin... At the beginning, he's talking to them about how he was a bike racer and how he suffered this tragedy and he lost his family. And that's why he's like a homeless guy. And he also says lines like, "Uh, you know, we're not action heroes or anything. But then (laughs) by the end of the movie, you've got Gin on a bike racing at top speed (laughs) against the car. And he ends up hanging off the side of a a moving vehicle like an action hero. Mm -hmm, Um, these, These little things do a lot it, it it makes the movie that much more important to me because there are these like kind of warm little details it's not like 
this thing where it's like, ha, I fooled you by tricking you not <laughs> noticing this. I think it's just like this really kind of almost in a sweet way. These are these really fun little details that you can notice and really get more out of the, the watching the mm -hmm. next time you see it. So I, I asked Matthew this in, 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 uh, before you, you got into the call, Carlos, but um, do you know what this movie's legacy is like in Japan? I, I actually don't. don't. I don't either. Yeah, I, um, I, I don't. Um, I mean, obviously, people hold Satoshi Kon's work pretty highly. And I mean, they did before he passed, but now that he's passed, uh, even more so. And I mm -hmm. talked about in our Paprika episode, I talked about how he's working on his final film and he passed away and that there was an effort to try and finish this movie, but ultimately it was never completed. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, that's really tragic. But um, regarding Tokyo Godfathers, I don't know where it lands for fans of his work. For me, I, I put it pretty high up there, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think it, each of his works strike, uh, you know, a different tone in a in a great way. Um, I, I don't I've never looked up to see if people like rank Satoshi Kon's movies. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I know that doesn't really appeal to me. But um, I, 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 I think. Sorry. Uh, I just think that, you know, Satoshi Kon's so cool to me that I just really enjoy all his movies in different ways. I guess I'm really curious how, um, like, in America, when a, a piece of Christmas media hits, it never really goes away. <laughs> like, there's oh, this right. sort of, like, cultish worship of that Will Ferrell elf movie that I never saw, and I was just like, yeah, okay, I, who gives a shit? Um, I've really never, never seen it. I've never I, seen I think it. Could it's be worth great. Watch. It's really, it, it, I really, sure. I really love Elf, but it's still around. You know, people still t bring <laughs> it up every year, or like Home Alone. You know, mm -hmm. or a um, Christmas Story. And and and, oh, but then, then obviously there's the flip side of stuff like Fred Claus, who who, who gives a shit. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've seen that one. That's 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 a <laughs> nothing. And there are people like um um the the goddess who I worship, Mariah Carey, who just cash in every Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, because they had like one Christmas single um, home run it, yeah. back in like 1994 or whatever, um, <laughs> but it's it's such an unpredictable landscape of what's just going to be around forever. And like mm -hmm. they run the same, they've been running the same Christmas specials every year since like the 1950s. Um, like Rankin Bass is this entity that seemingly only existed to cre create Christmas specials from like <laughs> 1955 to 1965, and we still watch them every year. And I was wondering where if if this had any sort of like following like that in Japan, because mm -hmm. obviously there is so much attention put into this, and it, it can be watched over and over, um, uh, uh, like the like Americans do with Christmas specials, and more and more it can be like taken from it, you know. So I was just yeah, I totally get it. I, I do. I don't know, but um, I mean, I, I've I've been a fan of Japanese culture for so long that I, they they do go back and revere things. I don't know how traditional it gets when it comes to the holidays, but um, I don't know. I I was surprised that G Kids did what they did with this so recently too. Like mm -hmm. when they it first feels forgotten that. to me. It really mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think it's rewatchable. It's so rewatchable. Oh yeah, no, this mm -hmm. like, like you were saying, this definitely 
like even just in the the two times that I watched it in the past week, I felt like, oh, I didn't catch that from before. Mm. It's a like there's a lot of things that they reveal, like that the the uh, the baby is given a name that's also the name of like three other characters in the movie. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Just how the there are all these parallels running through the movie that um, it's like these little miracles that happen, or you know, like circumstance brings everything together um yeah kyoko is the name of like three characters and kyoko uh gin's daughter kyoko um she reveals that she's marrying this doctor and um that was another thing i wanted to ask you alex i don't know you recognize his voice but the the doctor's played by akio otsuka that's Solid Snake's voice. Oh, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, uh, I'm yeah. a David Hater. David Hater. You know. Right. But I think Akio Otsuka is a very legendary voice actor, too. Mm-hmm. So you, you definitely I've hear seen him plenty of trailers things. with his voice in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's also Blackjack. Anytime the Osamu Tezuka <laughs> character Blackjack's around. Um, he's also, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, any, like, of, like major, like, action here. I don't, I don't know if he was Schwarzenegger's voice when they dub like Schwarzenegger movies, but he's like Bruce Willis and all these guys. He's got that voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's done a lot of voice work and uh, he's only in that one scene. So there's like a couple of little things like that where they have like kind of a stunt cast like guest in there. Um, the main cast uh, in the Japanese version, um, Miyuki, I forget her name, but that was like her first role. Um, and then the two other men, didn't do enough homework for this. This is pretty casual episode. But you didn't do your research, man. I finished watching this movie like forty-five minutes ago. <laughs> before we did this, uh, I mean, before I watched it for this episode, I hadn't seen this movie in like I don't know, like a decade. I think. Yeah, it's recently, been about I've, eight years for me. Yeah, after we covered Redline, I kind of got sucked into um, a black hole of anime that i had been meaning to watch but hadn't watched so i got um a nice dvd set of wings of oniamis the first gainax feature and i'd seen parts of that so long ago but i'd never taken the time to revisit it and um that was really cool and i saw uh, from the mid 80s a feature called birth it's uh got some really nice animation in that and i had never seen it in its entirety so i watched it just the other day and it's pretty awesome you love it, Alex. It's very Alex, I think. I'll share it with you Whoa, later. Whoa, what does that mean? It's, I mean, it looks, you, you'd you understand if I see it. That's not an insult. I, I, think it's, <laughs> I think that would vibe with you really well. It's, it's not like, a, you'd picture. love it, Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is an insult to, to Josh McKenzie. <laughs> nice. Uh, something that I, I've, I've noticed that's pervasive through all Christmas media, except for, you know, the like quasi Christmas stuff, sort of like die hard and, and it's ill mm-hmm. um, is that um, the setting of Christmas lets you get like real saccharine and it works. <laughs> it's yeah. not an insult. It works. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you can play it way more sincere than, than you normally could, you know, in a similar way, it also allows you to get way darker because yes, yeah. you because anyone watching it knows, well, it's gonna end up okay at the end because mm-hmm. it's a Christmas movie. So like, you know, there are Chris plenty of Christmas movies that deal like, you know, 
it's a wonderful life is about a man yeah. about to commit suicide <laughs> um but it's christmas so it's, you know you know that it's gonna end up being okay it's it's kind of like um there's this thing with like war movies where no matter how like depressing a war movie gets you're still kind of glorifying the struggle of the troops mm-hmm. and so it can always be interpreted as a pro-war movie yeah. Um I think there's something similar going on with Christmas where you can get as bleak as you possibly can as long as it it, it comes together to, for a happy ending. Hmm. Yeah, I love that comparison. War movies and <laughs> War Christmas movies. movies. <laughs> well, it's I, so it, obviously they're very unrelated, but there's a similar sort of like mental gymnastics that the a trick you can play on the human brain where um it'll still be okay regardless of what happens, you know. Yeah, that's great. And in a similar note, this movie has obviously it does have a little bit of suicide. It has a, a mm-hmm. woman stealing a baby. It has and it has uh like a, like a the yakuza versus yeah. I don't know the the <laughs> the Latinx mob or whatever <laughs> like the, the sneaking into the movie. Yeah, it wasn't ex- whenever I saw the the big guy, I was like, he does look kind of like the like the kind of shorthand for a yakuza boss Mm -hmm. he's like the really really big guy and it's a very like godfather day of my daughter's wedding kind of yeah absolutely but i wasn't expecting it to turn into like someone trying to kill him and stealing (laughs) one of the seeing the baby it almost turns into like this reverse final destination situation where it's like (laughs) you want to see how like all these things get worse and worse but you kind of get the sense that everything's going to be okay, like you were saying, Alex. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're like, okay, how how are they going to get saved? How Okay, if Hana does dive after this baby and is falling off the <laughs> side of a building, how is she going to survive? You yeah. know, you, there, it's almost like an inverse tension. You're, you're tense for a positive resolution. resolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not, like, in fear of something bad really happening. You never, you never feel like the baby's going to get, no, no, no. <laughs> um, and, and it ends with this big like uh divine intervention thing. Yeah. Um it's adorable. Yeah, but like I said, it's Christmas, so it works. Mm-hmm. Like you could like any other movie, if you did that, you'd be like, What the hell? And then you'd like throw your copy across the room <laughs> into your pile of unwashed Jinko jeans. Um <laughs> But uh uh in a Christmas movie you're you kind of like, yeah. It is Christmas. It is nice. <laughs> uh, growing oh, that's up, beautiful, actually. <laughs> did Did you guys ever experience it Christmas quote unquote miracles? Uh, <laughs> let's see. There is okay. <laughs> this is real dumb, but my mom talks about it every year. My Love little this. brother wanted um, a copy of uh, Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U. But my mom accidentally bought him Brawl. Um, and so she was and so she just happened to be like, Oh, come here, I'll show you what I got, Jake. And I was like, That's not the game he wanted. And so she always said that I saved Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> By getting my brother the right copy of Super Smash Brothers. That's funny. That's awesome. When I was a, a kid, I, I forget what year it was. I must have been like seven, six or seven, I think. Um I, it, it seems so real to me. Uh, it was Christmas Eve, and we're home, and it was a like the there was a bad like blizzard 
that night and something happened i forget what it was but we could hear like jingle bells but it sounded like it was coming from our rooftop and <laughs> my parents were like it's it's santa claus and i was like what like for real like and it, like for years after that like you know until like you know i don't know i always wanted to believe that you know it was like mm-hmm. always more fun to believe things like that yeah. i always would talk about that like santa was on like our rooftop and i heard him <laughs> imagining you just have like an uncle that was just standing up there like bopping around and shaking the jingle bells we all heard it i don't know yeah i don't know what they it put was. like a stereo up there or something maybe uh-huh. there was like a cassette tape you could buy at the mall that was like put this in your boom box and put it on your roof to trick your children <laughs> the thing was that the weather was so bad you know i was like there's no way that Anybody could have done anything. That's true. I'm, I'm imagining, <laughs> imagining Southern Georgia Christmas, not not Midwest. <laughs> can't step outside Christmas, right? And there was also um, I talked about this on oh on the Heroes Three Guide and the the video game music playlist that I was making. A couple of those we got Mega Man Three for Nintendo uh, for Three Kings in uh, like Puerto Rico. There's like a Christmas after Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually tying it back to this movie because it was the Three Kings, right? <laughs> so you'd leave like cookies or milk or hay for the, like the camels or whatever. And you'd... Right, because it's like instead of Santa, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. Three Kings. Yeah. The leave them out for the, the Tokyo Godfathers, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and... Uh, Saki. <laughs> we'd, we'd usually just get like a little, like a couple, $5 or something, you know, because it was after Christmas, like you're not going to get another big present, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know what happened this year, but when we woke up in the morning, Mega Man 3 was waiting for us underneath <laughs> the, the bed. It was crazy. What I, my, my hunch, my hunch is that you couldn't find Mega Man 3 that Christmas, but maybe somebody found it like after Christmas. So it was like just enough time. And they're like, all right, we're get- we wanted to get it for Christmas. Well, we just didn't get it in time. So then we're going to put it for three Kings. <laughs> uh, uh, similar. I actually, I think I'm, I may have an alternate explanation for that. Um, <laughs> one year we were supposed to get, uh, I think it was happy Gilmore on VHS. Um, <laughs> uh, but we didn't. Um, this is like um, my days of like I know where the Christmas presents are and Uh-oh. I'm going to go poke my head in. Oh. Maybe I'll happen to see something and I and I happen to see a copy of Happy Gilmore for VHS. Um, <laughs> and then uh, no one got it. Um, what? That year. <laughs> uh, uh, but Santa took it back. <laughs> we talked about renting it one time and my mom was like, what are you talking about? We have that movie. And I'm like, oh. no. And, and you know, I'm still playing it cool. I don't want to know. I don't want, I want to blow up my own spot here of, of knowing <laughs> where the Christmas presents are hidden. Um, and so I'm like, no, we don't. And then she's like, hang on. And she ran and got it. <laughs> no way. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Maybe it was a forgotten present. Yeah. 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 Maybe it was left at the bottom of the, the present bag or something. Damn. Pour one out for all the forgotten presents. <laughs> Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah. <laughs> it's a copy of Mega Man 3 and a VHS tape of Happy Gilmore. <laughs> wow, this this Tokyo Godfather's episode just turned into its own Christmas special. <laughs> it's, it's funny y'all are saying all this. I really don't have any like like I had plenty of nice Christmases as a kid, but I don't have any like really specific memories of 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 uh specific things. 
<laughs> our our tradition was always uh, the night before Christmas. We would always me and my brothers would always watch like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, or something like that. Very oh, very cool. not Christmassy movies. So <laughs> nice. it's, uh, it's kind of hard for me to not associate those with Christmas. Uh, my my brother Joel and I usually play Gears of War. Um, <laughs> we call it Gears Miss. Um, it's pretty <laughs> like tight it. this year. We both have uh, computers capable of running Gears Five, so hey, I won't I won't be home for Christmas, but I will be able to play Gears Five with my brothers. That's awesome. <laughs> if only in Gears of War. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, do you have any family traditions for, uh, around Christmas? Hmm. Well, um, what we have been doing in the recent years is going over by my brothers, and we just kind of hang out and. Yeah, we usually throw movies on. I think the tradition is that my brother makes kick-ass food. My brother <laughs> That's has a good been one. killing it. Oh, man. Some Puerto Rican. <laughs> my mom makes the rice. I'm Puerto Rican, right? Rice, arroz con gandules, some pernil. It's like this pork shoulder roast. It's, like, mm. amazing. Um. Yeah, so I, I would throw it to my bro making awesome food. I don't think <laughs> cool. he's ever going to hear this, but thank you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I can I share one one more inexplicable um hockey <laughs> Christmas tradition? Of uh, sorry, it's the Christmas episode. Ah, you're, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> um, and we can get back to anime. Um, uh, uh, we all throw cups at each other, which Carlos is well aware of that. But then <laughs> oh, after that. Um, after that, we usually all watch um, John Frankenheimer's like 2002 film Reindeer Games, um, starring Ben Affleck. Uh, Are they like uh, hunting people? No, it's um, a movie <laughs> that takes place in the UP. It's like a neo noir that takes place in the UP where they're trying to, where Ben Affleck and Gary Sinise are trying to rob uh, the Ojibwa Casino in 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 uh right outside marquette michigan um, that's awesome wasn't filmed there but it takes place there <laughs> um, and that i guess is enough for my family to pop that one in every year that's up great. meaning upper peninsula to y'all not from michigan for all of you with the benefit of not knowing what that is <laughs> <laughs> nice anime. anime anime it's so funny i was actually I, my my anime love kind of sparked after my brothers left for college because they always made fun of me for liking. Like, <laughs> they couldn't beat you up anymore. So <laughs> they, they, no, they I, know that too. I know that abusive, feeling too. Oh, um, mine were. were gone. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and actually, yeah, this, this would have been around that time. 2003 was around one time, whenever I started really uh, getting into stuff. Probably one of the again we're talking about like dark and and light kind of mixing like dark and light tones that is kind of mixing together. I really like the scene where uh, Gin run like kind of separates from the rest of the group and gets with the uh, the really old homeless man who's like about to die. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that like was legitimately one of the f- funniest gags in the whole movie is whenever like the guys you think he's finally died he goes to close <laughs> yeah. his eyes and his eyes are still wide open yeah that's great oh man yeah that doesn't get old for me i'll yeah. always laugh at that yeah um yeah and, and the, then it's even... immediately followed by a bunch of punk kids beating the crap out of him yeah, yeah. They, they drag his dead body out and it, yeah it, yeah it gets real dark for a 
Yeah. <laughs> Christmas tone. It's you can do it, baby. You can get away with anything. <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of my favorite moments too. I also just really love how the moments where the, our main characters come to realize how uh, everything's working out for them. Like uh, when Gin's in the hospital and he meets his daughter and how that all comes out. And actually Hana's reaction uh, mm. to that heartfelt reunion. Yeah. Hana, you know, is conflicted because Hana has feelings for Gin and she lashes out at him. And actually it's really funny how she just like blurts everything out, like tr- almost trying to undo the reunion that he's having right there. Mm-hmm. I, I really love that. And then the whole thing with the the lottery ticket. How this is like they're like, oh, this has never happened before. But the lottery <laughs> is all ones. And then you later on you you see that the Gin has that ticket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really funny. I also Great. like whenever they uh, they track down the the parents' house and they find that it's burned down. And they're like asking the neighbors what happened, and every time it cuts back to them, it's like more of the neighborhood gossips together, like trying to <laughs> piece together what happened. Just it's really cute, like cut. And that's really fun too, how they end up finding it because they have this uh, photo of the husband and wife, and you can see in the background that they're, um, you know, there's a landmark that they're finding. So they're the, the only thing they're using to locate it is that landmark. So they're kind of trying to line it up, the perspective, just like how it shows up in the photo. Um, like in, um, did you guys play Breath of the Wild? Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, so in, you, it's so funny you said that. My wife said the same thing. She yeah, said, oh, yeah, you're like, you're, it's like lining it up. It's kind of like in Breath of the Wild. I mean, it's fine, like. Uh, find these memories yeah find all different things (laughs) yeah alex you're given this clue of a photo in zelda and there's no you know there's landmarks in the photo so you have to use that to line it up and when you get to the right spot it triggers a cutscene. like it's uh, really cool uh uh, rise of skywalker she gets i knew you're gonna say that oh yeah that's right Yeah, it's cool. We could do a, we could do a, again. I, I would love to do Heroes Three Guide of that, but I couldn't talk about Disney Star Wars without Marty around. So, oh mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be real good. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. have me, have me on for that. <laughs> um, whenever um, Yuki and the baby get kidnapped, and she's in the room with the the like the nursing mother, and she's only speaking in Spanish and trying, she's trying to understand it. I did like whenever she shows an old picture of herself, the lady basically says, wow, you used to be really fat, but it's Spanish. <laughs> yeah, she says, she says, like, teach me how you did that. That's what she says to her. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, that rules. <laughs> yeah. That's, and again, that's uh, the whole, everything with this movie is attention to detail. And that's just one more step that like there's, you know, these people speaking a, a foreign language and making jokes in the other language that you really wouldn't get unless you like had someone explain it to you or you knew the language. It just shows mm-hmm. how much care and attention was put into the movie. In that older release, the Sony release, they don't subtitle any of the Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how they handle that in the G Kids version. They, it's just, it's just Spanish. I think it's a different voice actors for it, but it's, it's still Spanish, and I think it's pretty much the same lines. Okay. But they don't subtitle it. Mm-hmm. Um, although with, because there's the joke in the original audio where the guy sings up to Spanish for to her, and then she says. 
thank <laughs> you very much like right. <laughs> english um, yeah in the japanese audio she says yeah. it in english um but in the in the dub it's her saying like muy gracias <laughs> Wait, oh, that's, nice. that's, that's like, pretty that's, good. That's, I like that. That's a good way to yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. That's a good localization. Good yeah. on you, G-Kids. Mm-hmm. Quality work. When yeah. they do get to that apartment where they're rifling through all of the stuff, you know, they find out that it's been burned down. Um, there is a moment where they're panning through all the junk, and there's some VHS tapes that are <laughs> have labels written yeah, on them. Yeah, one of them says Star Wars. Yeah, so the <laughs> other ones... One says Titanic and one says Rambo Two. Oh hell yeah! Awesome. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Record them off HBO. The big or three. Yep. <laughs> that's that's a that's a pretty good Christmas viewing. <laughs> um, my wife would be into that actually. She loves she a Rambo movies. Two Rambo she, Two fan. I, I she hasn't seen Rambo Two, but she's a lot more into action movies than you'd think. Like. She had never seen the Terminator movies when before we started dating, and now they're like really? some of, they're like her favorite movies. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should show her um, Rambo three. That one's insane. <laughs> it's my oh, single man. favorite propaganda film. Yeah, that's right. That's because it's like to the the proud Mujahideen fighters. Yep, that one is end. dedicated to the Taliban. Oh, so good. USA, <laughs> USA. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. But the so the kind of the kind of conclusion to the movie is they find the woman who they think is the mother and have like a, a tearful reunion, and that's a, that's a great line too. Where mm-hmm. whenever Hana meets back up with with Gin, he's she she says, "You just miss it. We had a, like a beautiful finale." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, that that uh twist probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it it really does feel like it's wrapping up. Um mm-hmm. and 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 um like we mentioned it's a wonderful life earlier someone being stopped from killing themselves by jumping off of a bridge is um weirdly a christmas trope <laughs> I guess. You're not yeah. wrong cuz um, actually you talk you haven't seen Elf but there's like a reference to it in Elf. He's not actually oh. about to kill himself but there is a reference of like looking over the Yeah, yeah, over yeah. bridge at the river and stuff. That that's great. I love culture. Um <laughs> uh uh so it, it, it like I like you can you can get real dark on Christmas as long as you get saccharine with it, and it does that. Mm-hmm. Like you think you have that, you know, like that would kind of be a satisfactory ending, but it's not, and it pushes further. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it gets, like, I think it adds so much to the movie. Yeah, and it gets very. She, she feels like a character from a different Satoshi Kon movie. Yeah, because <laughs> there's something very me mania about yeah. her. Yeah, totally. I like that too because on the rewatch, I remember the first time watching it, thinking it seems weird that the baby's like still crying. I feel like that doesn't fit like mm. thematically that the baby's still crying with its mother or whatever. And then when you find out it's not really the mother, you're like, oh. oh. <laughs> when Gin shows up to them, when you mentioned that about the finale, that's another instance of this glorious character acting in animation. He mm-hmm. he he's so tired he can't talk so. He's mm. pantomiming like what he wants to know, like, and uh, yeah, the couple like three seconds of animation right there is just perfect. And then the terrifying like shot from the baby's perspective of the fake mother like staring down. Oh at the yeah, baby. it's creepy. 
That part, that part is like legitimately like unnerving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feel yeah. it feels kind of like something from like Perfect Blue or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. First, kind of losing their grip on reality. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and this this turns into this kind of like it is like an action movie chase where it just keeps escalating and and again starts riding after them on the bike and everything. Uh, There's the moment on top of the roof, you know, when. Miyuki's finally chasing after mm-hmm. uh you know the the climactic scene mm-hmm. they do this technique that reminded me actually of Akira where there's this spotlight shining down and the the scene is actually silent but the moment that the spotlight lands on the character then you hear the noise from the helicopter and it reminds me of in Akira towards the beginning when mm-hmm. uh they're on the on the highway and then the military finally shows up I wonder I mean, I haven't seen it in anything else, but it, it's, it's very similar to that mm. scene. So I wonder if that's intentional. I can see that. Probably my favorite bit of animation the whole movie, though, is um, whenever all of the all of our crew is is chasing after her, uh, they take the stairs because she took the elevator mm-hmm. and they're both so tired. And there's the <laughs> yeah. amazing shot of Hana and Gin like rolling whenever they get to the top of the stairs because they're so tired. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's- it's really good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that results in our kind of miraculous saving because uh, the it starts with a creepy bit where the baby talks to the mother. It <laughs> <and laughs> says, yeah, like, I want, I want to go with back home. And, <laughs> but then, like, she drops the baby and Hana, like, does this the crazy, like, wall run move <laughs> to, to save mm. it. Um, and there's this this big gust of wind that, like, stops her like catches the this like banner she's holding on to and and very slowly lowers her down to the ground kind of like kind of like rush hour when they fall down a totally big banner is. in rush hour it's totally like that <laughs> <laughs> nice oh man that's good there is some moments uh th- there are some moments in the film where they use uh, computer animation but it's all very tasteful they handle it just by using it for the backgrounds and um, everything's textured so well that you, I mean, aside from the dramatic scrolling, you wouldn't be able to really notice that it's CG. I will say in the, the G-Kids version is in in beautiful 1080 HD. You can definitely mm. tell it a little more <laughs> in oh, that version. Okay. It's a little rougher, but it's still not bad. And obviously the mm-hmm. everything, all the hand-drawn stuff still is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I wonder what types of... Um, extra features i'd, I'd want to watch that I, i'm probably gonna pick it up i have the dvd yeah, I might there's too. like a making of featurette but that's pretty much it on this one um i guess i i guess i also want to compliment the movie on its color palette like obviously satoshi yeah. Kone has, has like had, had like had like a really like ironclad grip on his color palettes um perfect blue being one of the most uh, astonishing examples of i think uh using color in in animation um in a way that feels like obviously not the way it's paced or shot but like it like like how antonioni used color you know mm. um mm-hmm. of like in this really kind of surreal way with these really like um jarring breaks in in it but this feels like a like a like a uh edward hopper painting or something where there's sort of this like mostly empty city with these characters in it has all these really great kind of earth tones in it looks beautiful i imagine it will never age you know i i 
I get what you're saying because I, I'm not as cultured because I was like Edward Hopper. Why do I know that name? But yes, Nighthawks. Nighthawks. Oh, yeah, and I yeah, Nighthawks. Nighthawks is that's genuinely one of probably the most moved I've ever been looking at a piece like a painting or a piece of mm. art was whenever I saw Nighthawks at the uh, um, Art Institute in Chicago. It's fantastic, and like yeah, it's it's crazy. Like <laughs> you, you you really. Like, it, I don't even it's know a, how he's speechless. It's it's a cliche to have like a like a uh, like I, I for me it was um seeing Starry Night at MoMA of being like oh that's why this is a masterpiece <laughs> yeah like oh yeah. I, oh I get it now um, yeah but Nighthawks is like oh I'm there mm-hmm. like you just hit me with it all at once and I'm there and I'm inside of this painting now yeah. weird yeah um, yeah that's that's uh, a good comparison stuff. to this because it's all about like the darkness on the outside and like warm yep. artificial light on the inside mm-hmm. for me you want to hear what my moment was like that yes <laughs> um, at 100 percent. while we're being artsy so, um it's it's a very carlos thing actually so it was actually where i work i work at an art museum and years ago we had a show featuring comic book artists and it was called masters of american comics and they had some original Jack Kirby artwork. Mm. Oh, cool. And they actually had um, the Fantastic Four 49, the issue where Galactus is looming over them, that legendary, oh, iconic yeah. I think I know issue. what you're talking about, yeah. So I was able to see that, like, like the original art of that. And that was, that was kind of what did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot appropriately of appropriately Carlos answer. But, yeah, like, I mean, Jack Kirby's a master as well, you know. Yeah, and there was, like, Windsor McKay in that show. Oh, my God. It was it was awesome. Why didn't I go to that? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, was, I just feel, like, blessed that I was able to see that show, and it was so close to me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, the movie ends with them in another hospital, and we find out that uh, <laughs> Mookie's dad is, is, like, the inspector that was talking, like, got the baby back to their... The, the real parents and they reunite it just before the the credits and then there's this weird like reggae version yep. of oh to joy <laughs> so which good. is kind of cool it's awesome and there's this I love weird it. like I, no irony i love it so much and there's this weird like the buildings are bouncing kind of thing mm-hmm. in the background which is which is kind of weird but yeah but yeah it, it's a, it's a it's a fun kind of uh, song to close it out with yeah it's the I think the group is called Moonchild. It's Keiichi Suzuki's rock group. They're the they got back together to perform the song. Cool. <laughs> Getting the band back together. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're never gonna do another mother mo- mother game. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude, Mother Three soundtrack's awesome too, but it's by Shogo Sakai. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's huge. So Mother Three was a Game Boy Advance game, and the soundtrack for Mother Three is like. I like four or five discs of a soundtrack. Wow. It's really, it's really, really good. It's very different from uh, Mother 1 and Mother 2, but I think that it's really strong in its own way. Hmm. Uh, This is completely unconnected to anything Tokyo Godfathers, but I feel like the Game Boy Advance is one of those weird game music graveyards. I I was going to say the same thing because (laughs) I think that, I think that hardware sounds like ass it does it's fascinating but it doesn't sound good (laughs) right you guys should check out the mother three soundtrack because it's like it's 
just like from what you're saying, you'd be very impressed with what Shogo Sakai does with mm-hmm. that. Um, I played hardware. a bit of Mother 3. Um, it's one of my favorite games of all time. It's, I, it's I made it through good. that opening or with the fire. Yeah. Um, I think that was it, though. <laughs> I think it's um, heartfelt in a very similar way to Tokyo Godfather. Hey, there actually. we go. We're yeah, bringing no, it back. I, I'm serious. I think that, you know, as a, I, I don't know. I think the advertisements for Mother 3 were like, this game will make you cry or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> something along those lines. Because Shigesato Ito is like known as like a, a copywriter. He'll make like taglines, mm. and he, I think that's what it, it was. Can something video like game that. make you cry? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's really good. And I played it at a very important time in my life that really struck <laughs> the same way. So it was like very, uh, it resonated with me really strongly. Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, I think the tagline to Mother One was "No crying until the end." Uh, which is a hell of a tagline for yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna put that as an A plus uh, on the uh, 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 tagline grading. Yeah, yeah. That dude's. Yeah, he can write some stuff. <laughs> but yeah, Tokyo Godfather. Any final thoughts on the movie? Dope slaps. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. This is a yeah. This is such a fun movie, and it's it's it, again. It's it. it hits that heartfelt note and it's not not cynical in the least but it still has enough like kind of darkness to it to really you know Mm -hmm. really get you get you in the christmas mood yeah and i feel like if if you have faith if that's a part of your celebration Mm -hmm. of the holiday there's that there for you if you're against that if you have the opposite of it i think it rewards you for those beliefs as well like i feel like hana's like out of the three characters, she's like the most like religious seeming of the, even no at the question. beginning, yeah. you know, the, the missionaries, you know, the, all the homeless people are yeah. listening to the sermon and uh, she's just glowing, listening to that. And you see Gin behind like mocking it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you even have like a moment where Miyuki, Oh, when Miyuki's with the, uh, the, the mom, the, the Latina mom, she's kind of making fun of her mom praying all the time. Oh, yeah. When they show, yeah show the flashback you see her praying mm-hmm. so there's like both sides of it i think that's really cool it's cool uh, this yeah this movie deserves every bit to be included in the christmas special canon yeah yeah um, i would agree if you're that's actually there's a um i have kind of mixed feelings on this channel and all but you know the youtube channel mother's basement talks all about anime a lot um he has a really good episode about um basically finding an anime christmas special and he talks about a couple other things but then ends up saying like but tokyo godfathers is is the best one <laughs> to, 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 to watch on a consistent yearly basis well that's going to do it for tokyo godfathers thank you so much for taking a listen to our show here uh if you like the show you can leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on um you follow the show at Heroes the Number Three Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Actually, we have a Facebook too. I'm sorry. I I do another podcast that doesn't have a Facebook, and I keep forgetting to add that. <laughs> so, um, uh, but Alex, thank you again for joining us. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah. Also, invite me back anytime. <laughs> I, I love you guys. Love the show. Oh, thanks. Um, thank you. Uh, uh, my podcast is uh, my 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 main squeeze podcast mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't know. I don't, 
swim fans. Yeah. Um, uh, we're a teen movie, sometimes an erotic thriller movie podcast. Depending on when this came out, it's either before or after our Christmas episode, which is uh, David Fincher's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um, nice. Uh, is a Christmas movie. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> check us out, swimfanspod.com. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, of course. Oh, and also, um, if you like the music of the Toppy episode, I have that on my YouTube channel, uh, Major Third on YouTube. And I should have another one up. Hopefully, whenever this goes live, it'll be up. But if not, it'll be it'll be close. So I'm trucking on, on some artwork. That <laughs> yeah, Carlos actually, is doing art. So I'm for so it. I I've been I can talk about that just a little bit. Um, I've been I used to do pixel art for this podcast, like every episode. And um, as I was getting, I guess for me, as I was getting better at it and learning more. It became much more intimidating because I think like pixel art's like kind of like I don't know to me it's like pretty technical. It's mm. it's weird, but anyway. So this artwork that I'm working on, um, I'm returning to do pixel art for it, and I've actually really really enjoyed oh, cool. what I've been up to. Yeah, and actually feel really excited to do more pixel art because of it. So thank you oh, for that, and thank, thank you for thank you for doing the um, art. So. Yeah, thank you for um, uh, making the awesome music to go with it. So I'm really excited for people to see that yeah. piece of art. And um, yeah, I also had a really great time making the art for the Mazinger Z theme. And um, uh, Warren, my buddy, my my tag partner, my art tag partner, <laughs> he helped me out with that. And it, I think it looks super awesome. So yeah, please check out the YouTube video for that if you enjoyed the um the the intro to the episode and look forward to the next 8-bit cover from matthew thanks and my artwork <laughs> well until next week where we're talking about something i'm matthew what? next week okay you know what i mean next episode. <laughs> <laughs> i'm matthew i'm carlos i'm alex and this is here's three guide see you next time remember your baby Remember your baby. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh my god. Uh, That's Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.